Hello everyone, welcome to NFL Unwrapped, where we unwrap the hottest takes from around the NFL. I'm Corbin Weinerman, joined by Perry Aston, Christian McGowan, and a very special guest who's going to be joining us for our fantasy football portion of this episode, Adam Stark. So guys, say hello. Hey, what's going on guys? Hey, how you doing? How you doing, man? Happy to be here. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Stark. Yeah, and Adam Stark runs everyday fantasy football, so go follow him on Twitter. Also, go follow us on Twitter at NFL Unwrap. You can listen to us on the Apple Podcast app as well on SoundCloud. If you're on the Apple Podcast app, please leave us a review and rating. Much appreciated. Got a jam-packed episode today, fantasy football. We got our season preview, so let's just jump right in. Thank you so much again, Adam, for joining us. Yeah, Adam, yeah, um, before before we get into fantasy football, you want to just tell all of our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do with the everyday fantasy football? Yeah, of course. So basically, I started this account uh, about a few months ago, and it, I'm pretty much just a, a young kid who loves, loves, loves fantasy football. This is literally all I do. I, I just go to school and do fantasy football, so... All, all you guys are getting is just pure, pure stats that I've been just researching half the time during school hours when I should be studying. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so uh, every now and then, too, if you guys love uh, jerseys, I give away. I'll do jersey giveaways. I just gave away a signed Ezekiel jersey. I have um, wow. a Melvin Gordon jersey I'll be giving away later on the season and a Cream Hunt signed hat that will also be given away. So. Yeah, keep, keep an eye out for Adam and his page, Everyday Fantasy Football. And, of course, we'll be teaming up on tons of things moving forward. And welcome to the Unwrap family. We very much appreciate you joining us. And I love the content on your page. I know me and you started following each other just this last week. And this is when fantasy football is really amping up. Everyone's excited. Drafts should be happening this week, next week. And if you're really putting it off the week after... But if you, you know, take fantasy very, seriously, you're getting your your ish together. And this is right your time. This is this is definitely your time to shine right now with your fantasy knowledge. And I love your grind. I love that you said you're going to school and doing fantasy right. research. That's just about it. I, I, I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Perry's wishing he got that signed Ezekiel Elliott jersey. Yeah, definitely. I'll be <laughs> yeah. keeping an eye out for future Cowboy releases. But let's <laughs> let's jump right into some fantasy. And how we're going to start off, I want you to kind of give us a little bit of strategy that you have going into a draft, what you really prioritize, what you try and hold off on, a few tips that you might have. Let's talk strategy. All right. So basically, my main strategy this year is if if you've got a top four pick in standard or PPR, you should absolutely take a running back. Todd Gurley, Zeke Elliott, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, those are four studs that are just, they're going to get the touches, opportunities, and they're all great backs that can exceed and win you a championship so if you have one of the first four picks and doesn't matter ppr half ppr uh anything i say go running back and then at the pick number five my my motto is hands down antonio brown so he is clear-cut best wide receiver right now i know some people like to make the bait of DeAndre hopkins and odell beckham but Odell's still coming off an injury, so that's a bit of a question mark, so you never know. Antonio's healthy. Um, I know he had a bit of an injury last year, but nothing serious as Odell's was. And DeAndre Hopkins is certainly going to face some regression with Will Fuller being healthy the full season, if he can stay healthy the full season. And Deshaun Watson coming into his second year, I expect some teams to watch some game film on him and kind of pick up how Dak Prescott came into the league 
killed it his first year, and then kind of his second year, he slowed down a bit. Was still a solid quarterback, but you could kind of see that regression coming. So I said, pick five, uh, hands down, Antonio Brown. And then if you're if you take a running back, and if you get one of the first four picks, and you have a running back. That's uh, great because wide receivers are deep this year. You can take uh, a wide receiver from like round ten and up, and still still be satisfied. Yeah, wide receiver is so deep. I feel like you can always get such great value later on in rounds with the wide receiver group compared to the running back group i feel like after those top four guys that you said moving past that you still find talent of course but when you lean on a running back you definitely need to have at least one guy that's consistently productive because on the waiver wire you're not going to find too many productive backs for a very long time i find it that you find running backs that are filling in for injuries or other things that they're only going to be relevant for a two-week yep. span or a three-week span to find a guy that yep. on a weekly basis is going to be getting those touches. And especially if you're doing PPR, getting yep. catches out of the backfield as well, which is yep. so important when you're playing in that standard, or sorry, in that format. So I think a running back is so valuable. I totally agree with you with your top four and your fifth with Antonio Brown. That's my exact big board as well. I really like where your head's at, and you definitely got to go running back early. That's my strategy because if you wait too long and you don't go running back, before you know it, you're going to be going with a Marshawn Lynch as your running back one, who is definitely a serviceable guy, but But he's nothing nothing more than than an RB2. And then at that point, you're going with a Marshawn Lynch and somebody else who's probably putting up similar production to him and having to go back-to-back rounds grabbing running backs before you got nobody left there or taking a flyer on a rookie that – is really unproven and you know not like a carry on Johnson or a Sony Michelle where they're in a good position, but another rookie that you're not really 100% sure on, like a Ronald Jones, who at this point just lost the starting battle in preseason. We'll talk about him a little bit later. But I want to ask you a question. I know you brought up the top five. Who would you pick number one and why? Number one overall in standard, I've taken Ezekiel Elliott. I think this guy is just going to get fed over and over. And he, him and Leonard Fournette have the two biggest drives out of any running backs I've seen where they just they want 2,000 yards. They want 15 touchdowns. They, they want to be the, the best. And they just have that. Adrian Peterson-like drive where he had in 2012. So I definitely think standard Ezekiel Elliott, number one, hands down. I wouldn't be upset if he took Todd Gurley just because he's a freak and he's he's proved himself last year. He has that power and potential. And PPR, I, I'm, I would lean a little bit more towards Todd Gurley just because I feel like he's a little bit more of a pass-catching back. But either way, I, I, I'm still taking Ezekiel Elliott or... Todd Gurley at number one overall in standard or PPR. No, that's great. No, I agree with you. With the Dallas Cowboys having absolutely no one at wide receiver, you know that Ezekiel Elliott is going to get a lot of those healthy touches, and their offensive line is coming back. So you know that's going to be something. uh, I know you mentioned earlier David Johnson. Um, I don't think I'm as cavalier on him this year coming off of an injury, and that Cardinals offensive line seems suspect to me year I would say, and I hate to say this as someone who does love the Cowboys personally, but the offensive line doesn't look great right now in regards to injury. You got Zach Martin, who was a little banged up this last week or two, and now you got Travis Frederick, who was diagnosed today. Yeah, the very rare so autoimmune disorder. Yeah. No one knows how long he's going to be out. Exactly. So. And they said yeah. he'll miss weeks of the regular season was quote-unquote, which is very vague. Weeks. You're not sure how long he's going to miss. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's your center. A center isn't extremely replaceable in my eyes. Compared to getting guards and tackles, I feel like it's a lot more depth. 
uh, out there. And when you're coming in for the draft, you, when you're going for a center, you usually nowadays are going for a guy that can play both center and guard or center and tackle, kind of like a Billy Price who just came in this last year. It's very rare to find, you know, nowadays a center that can drive in and only play center and be consistent for you like Travis Frederick has been and be a pro bowler. So that's a big hit if they lose him. Yes, they do have depth and Lael Collins is poised for a big year and they did address offensive line in the draft with Connor Williams. So he's going to be poised for a bigger role as well. I do like where your head's at with Zeke Elliott. What I've read from people that cover the Cowboys is he is going to have a bigger role in the offense in the passing game. Not that he's going to be a Todd Gurley or a Le'Veon Bell, but this will be the year that you start to see some strides. And just like you said, with lack of receivers, at least the number one receiver, you'll see him maybe even coming out of the slot every he once in a while. Or play, you know, definitely more screens, getting Dak comfortable. And when the offensive line is going to be a little bit weaker, it's going to be harder to just halfback dive and go straight at them. You're going to have to get a little bit more creative. And Ezekiel Elliott coming off a year that he missed time and it was a very controversial year, expect to see him running with anger. Expect to see him extremely motivated and trying to become the focal point of this offense and the league. Like you said, 15 touchdowns. I'm predicting 16. I think he's going to have the best year of his career. I think Le'Veon Bell is going to have the best year of his career. I agree. They both have something to prove this year. That's the reason why. I think Todd Gurley is going to repeat and have an amazing year. Nothing against him at all. But he's not on a contract here. He's not coming off a year that he missed a lot of time. And I really like players that have to prove something. A player with a chip on their shoulder. A player with a clean bill of health when he's been struggling for the last year or two. So that's why I really like where your head's at with running backs and grabbing them healthy, I really do think David Johnson's going to bounce back. Also, I was the guy who picked David Johnson number one last year yep. and had yep. him get down. <laughs> oh, okay, so you're in the same boat as me. Yeah. I actually had him on my bench the entire time in the IR slot, yep, just just because I, I I was hoping I'd at least have him for maybe one week of the playoffs, or just yeah. to have him on. It, it would break my heart too much to let him go. I think there's nothing to worry about with him. And yes, the Cardinals' offense and the offensive line is nothing to write home about. But David Johnson is, and I think he's going to rack up a ton of yardage, both catching the ball out of the backfield and running straight nose football, and I really like him. And I agree, but I wouldn't give him a top one through five grade, in my opinion. Obviously, he's all subjective. Really quickly with Le'Veon Bell, does it concern you at all to pick him with one of those top four picks knowing he's on that franchise tag and we don't know when he's going to actually start playing in games? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I Le'Veon Bell's a tough one for me because this year, I, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not buying in. I know, I know he has something to prove, but I just feel like his head's not there. He's, he's playing, not playing, he's, he, he raps a lot, you know, he's, he's out partying. He was seen in a strip club. You don't know what else he's doing. I just feel like his he's not in the football zone yet. And I feel like he knows that no matter really what happens, if he just has a solid year, like a pretty good year, he's going to get paid next year by some team like the Jets, uh, the Lions, maybe Colts, someone who has money that needs a running back to complete their team. And I just... I. I I wouldn't be opposed to taking Le'Veon in the top four, top five. I, I absolutely think the safe pick. But for me, I, I think guys like Leonard Fournette and even Dalvin Cook would be a better pick. If wow, you to, you're saying uh, Dalvin Cook over Le'Veon Bell. And I know a lot of people have Le'Veon Bell as a consensus number one pick. I like where your head's at with 
going running back, but you're saying top five for Le'Veon Bell. If he went sixth or seventh overall, someone's grabbing an amazing value pick there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That would surprise me. That's why I don't expect him to fall that much in any leagues, but my personal opinion is just if you if you want Le'Veon, you gotta have one the first four pick. If uh if you want someone like him and you have you have the, your choice of the fourth or the eighth pick. I would definitely take the eighth pick and try to get someone like Leonard Fournette, and then go ahead and get Dalvin Cook on the second round. That's smart. Yeah, no, I like that strategy. So let's move on. We've been talking a lot about the top of the draft and who to pick up there, but I want to hear from you. Who are your top three sleepers going into this year? So I'm just going to give a couple of honorable mentions to Devontae Parker, Chris Godwin, and Marcus Mariota. I think all those guys are going to excel, but. Obviously, Devontae Parker and Chris Godwin have been getting a lot of hype from a lot of uh, different reporters and stuff, so I'm sure uh, I'm not going to go into them too much. But uh, one guy who I really like is uh, Sterling Shepard. I know there's a lot of talent on that team. I know they just got Saquon, and he's going to get fed and get touches like crazy. And I know Odell's coming back hungrier than ever and wants to show everyone he's better than Antonio Brown. He's the best wide receiver in the league. But that's why I think Sterling Shepard's going to be good, because he's going to be sneaky, under the radar. Guys will be focused on Saquon, focused on where he's going, and wheel routes, little check downs. And um, they'll be doubling up Odell. And I see Shepard kind of getting a lot of a lot of yards and a lot of catch, not a lot of catches, but a good amount for a second-string wide receiver. And come red zone or inside the 10, inside the 15, I could see uh, a lot of Sterling Shepard touchdowns because there'll be a lot of attention to Ingram, Odell, and Saquon. And I think they'll focus, defenses will focus more on Odell then Saquon, and then Ingram, and then Sterling Shepard, which should help him because he'll have, obviously, one of the weaker defenders on him. I think he is at a caliber where he could be maybe even a number one on some teams such as, like, the Jets, the Dolphins, even the, the Patriots, I could I could see him competing for a number one job just because I think he's got that talent, and he's, he's proved himself. He, he's shown flashes, but... I definitely think he can get there. My next guy I have on here is uh, Mike Williams. I, I originally didn't have him on my top 10 sleepers, but I, I, I've heard a lot of great things about him, and I've kind of come to realize this guy has to be on here. His ADP is low. He's got Philip Rivers as his quarterback, who loves to throw the ball. Antonio Gates is gone, who is their big touchdown catcher hunter henry was supposed to fulfill that spot but obviously he got injured so now we're starting to see mike williams become this big body uh td catcher like a jimmy graham type wide receiver so to speak and i i see having virgil green and mike williams combined into one player to create like almost a super tight end so i, I could see virgil green getting little check downs and being that security blanket but come inside the 10 I, i'm seeing a lot of jump balls to mike williams yeah i like i, I like philip rivers for receivers for fantasy obviously his interceptions aren't going to affect their value and he is such a big body he reminds me of like an evan ingram who plays tight end technically but should be a receiver they're both that humongous body i saw on tv actually i believe it was last night Someone said when they ran into Mike Williams in the locker room, they thought he had to be a defensive yeah. end. That was Anthony Lynn, the Chargers head coach. Yeah, he thought ha- that had to be a defensive yeah. end. And he's that big, and he is a scary red zone target, especially for a quarterback like Phillip Rivers who can heat up 
in no time. And Keenan Allen, who had a fantastic year last year, he was the comeback player of the year. Fantastic year. He's can only do so yeah. much, and well, he's, he's a different. A yeah, he's going to take a lot of pressure yeah. off. So I really like where your head's at with Mike Williams. Absolutely, and I think Keenan Allen's not so much a big red zone target guy. I don't think he can go up for jump balls a lot. He's like a, he's like a Doug Baldwin. Yeah, my third and final guy is uh, Cameron Meredith. I know he he's coming off a bad knee injury, and I've, I've heard Field Yates has said, uh, I actually talked to Field Yates when I was at the NF, uh, National Fantasy Football Convention in Texas, and I asked about Cameron Meredith, and he said he's he's a great pick, but his knee was pretty pretty mangled. So if, if he can stay healthy this year, I definitely think Cameron Meredith can be just an amazing player. He has a catch rate of 70%, and this is playing with guys like Jay Cutler. And so now he's got Drew Brees, an incredibly accurate quarterback, quarterback throwing to him and he's proven he can catch the ball so now if him and Breeze can develop some chemistry while Michael Thomas is being doubled they're stacking the box against Kamara and Ingram I, I, I could also see jump balls just like Mike Williams going his way yeah and Drew Breeze was a quarterback just like Philip Rivers last year who threw for 4,000 yards and Breeze has thrown for at least 4,000 yards 12 years in a row you got Matt Stafford and Matt Ryan at seven years in a row each and then Philip Rivers at five so two of the quarterbacks you were just talking about, regardless of Philip Rivers, you know, slinging the ball all over the place and being slightly interception prone, he puts up the yardage and he puts up the touchdowns. And if you're a receiver on his team and you're healthy in that offense, your fantasy value is high. That's a team that I like fantasy players from that team, just like I like fantasy players this year from the Raiders. And that's something I'll dive into in a little bit. But there's certain teams that just because of the way their offense is curated and the coaching there and the talent that's there and the way that they can really help each other, their fantasy value, you want to lean towards players on that team. There's some teams that regardless of how, you know, Jarvis Landry was an exception last year. The Miami Dolphins, you wanted to stay far away from that team and anybody on that offense for your fantasy. But regardless, Jarvis Landry, week in and week out, it didn't matter who the quarterback was, if it was Cutler or more, anybody like that. He found a way to lead the NFL in receptions. And even in non-PPR, we played standard last year. I had Jarvis Landry. He was one of the best receivers in our league because he still put up the touchdowns. Even with the atrocious offense, he was a you know very rare pick when in an offense that you wanted to stay away from. So I would definitely think the Chargers are going to be a, an offense you should definitely look at this year as well as the Raiders. I want to bring up a couple sleepers that I have here. David Njoku, a guy that Christian and I talk about and are both very high on, he's yep, had a very, yeah. very good preseason so far. And Baker Mayfield's looked good. Tyrod Taylor, I really like him. He's very consistent. He's going to be the starter there for a lot longer than people think. And he has a history of throwing to the tight end, too. So Njoku, he, and I know the people in the organization are very high on him. He's poised for a big year. I've been hearing this all over the place. Look for Njoku late, later on. Tight end, is, it's a position that... Outside Gronk and Kelsey and Ertz and Delaney Walker, I would still put in that category. You know, Olsen is notorious for being a great fantasy tight end, but he's coming off injury. He mm. is older. Last year, Greg Olsen did not have a good Yeah, I drafted him very high, too. He had, so. I think he had one game last year where he played the entire game, and he had over 30 receiving yards. It was his first game coming back from injury. I believe he had 
somewhere around 116 receiving yards and I think one touchdown. Other than that, the five other games he was healthy, he didn't have 30 yards receiving. So Greg Olson is someone who probably should stay away me. from yeah. right now. Yeah. David Njoku, he's going to have a great year. Very athletic body. Another guy that I have on there, Royce Freeman, running back for the Broncos, a name that's flying around the fantasy atmosphere right now. He's had two touchdowns in just as many games, two games. He's played very well, splitting first-team carries. It looks like right now he's going to win the starter role. If not, he's going to be a very productive second-string running back for them this year. My money is on him winning the starting. I really think so also. He's ran very well in this preseason. He seems like the perfect type back for this offense. I see Royce Freeman being a guy that you can grab in the later rounds and be you know get a very good value from him. Another player that I really like that I think will be there later on going off the tight end talk that we were just having with Njoku, Trey Burton on the Bears. And yeah, that's agree. And Adam Shaheen, he's very, very injury prone. He's banged up. And people thought he was going to have a bigger role in this offense. I don't think that's the case anymore. You're not going to see too much of him this year. And if you are, it's going to be running a two tight end set. Burton's going to be the focal point. They spent a good amount of money on him. And they really like him. He's had a good off-season camp for them, what I've read in articles and from reports for people covering the Bears. And I think Mitch Trubinsky is going to have a low-key good year. He's going to surprise some people. I wouldn't take a flyer on Trubinsky. I think he's going to be one of the kings of the waiver wire, just like how uh, Keenum was last year. One of those guys that you grab him when your guy goes down and when you got to fill in for a bye week. He's going to be on and off a lot of teams. But He's very accurate, and he's got a whole new arsenal of targets there. And I like Trey yeah, Burton, and he's going to see a lot of volume. I like his – I really do like him. And so, talking about someone who's going to benefit from injury, both of these guys on the Patriots, Cordell Patterson and Chris Hogan, who now they just released Kenny Britt today. I know you, Adam, yeah. on Twitter said this is something you wanted to talk about. They released Kenny Britt. What I've been hearing was that they were very high on Kenny Britt, and this they had big plans for him in the offense. Is this a surprise to you, Adam, that they dropped him? And what does this mean for the other Patriots' value, especially with Edelman's suspension? And I really do like Cordell Patterson, who's a late addition for them, and Chris Hogan, who had 33 receptions, 440 yards, and five touchdowns in just eight games last year. Christian, you had him on your yeah. team. Great value from him. Who do you think benefits in this Patriots offense from all these injuries going on? Um, I definitely think uh, Chris Hogan. Uh, he's, he's obviously the guy that's not suspended, and he's obviously the guy that's proven himself the most besides Elvin. But Elvin's going to be out these first four games, so I could definitely see Brady developing some a little more chemistry and kind of realizing that hey, Hogan could be my go-to this year, not not Edelman. And kind of Hogan getting this quick jump start before Edelman can get it, especially with Britt gone. And Britt's cut doesn't really surprise me too much just because that's how the Patriots are. They, they'll cut anyone at any time. They'll release, trade anyone. The only person they're loyal to is Brady and not even Gronk because they, they tried to shop him during the draft. And I think Britt could end up somewhere else. I, I think, believe it or not, Des Bryant could be a possibility. I know the Patriots came out. I saw something, uh, I forget where, but the Patriots said they weren't interested. But when you cut a receiver and there's a, a proven receiver somewhat, like Des Bryant, and if he's willing to take a veteran's minimum or even something cheap, to help out Brady, I, I I can't imagine Brady would say no just because he knows this guy could either 
uh, excel and help out him and Gronk, too, in the red zone. Yeah, I know they cut Mitchell to Stephen Mitchell, and this is a team that, and you can plug in anyone with Brady. I think they're going to succeed. Yep, absolutely. He's that kind of quarterback, just like I say the same thing about Rodgers and Breeze. They're going to benefit from how great the quarterback is. And, of course, Gronkowski is going to benefit from the receivers being somewhat shaky in the first few weeks. As long as he can stay healthy, I see his value in fantasy being at its peak throughout the first four weeks. They're going to come out strong in the passing game. And Isaiah Wynn going down it is a, you know, a problem for that offensive line after they lost Nate Solder and Cameron Fleming this offseason. So expect Brady to be throwing the ball really fast, you know, running a lot of shotgun sets, and Gronkowski's going to be going in the slot, two tight end sets. All they're going to be running him all over the place. I look for his value to be high as always. Uh, I want to yeah. ask you a few players that you want to stay away from. Some of your busts that are going to underperform this year. All right. Um, just right before I get into that, I just want to hop right back to Royce Freeman. Um, want to make a quick comment about him. So I was listening to Brad Evans the other day. He was kind of giving an insight about Royce Freeman and saying that John Elway has been searching for some time to get this dominant back, dominant Terrell Davis type back. And he's struck out Monte Ball, struck out CJ Anderson, and uh is starting to strike out with Devontae Booker. And so now I think he's he really wants uh, Royce Freeman to be the guy. And Royce is starting to prove himself. And I feel like Elway is just liking him more. And the more Elway likes him, the more Royce proves himself. I feel like he's just going to get the opportunities. And I could see him by like week two, week three, being that three-down fullback that gets just all the carries and all the touches. Yeah, I, I know the Broncos are a running back group that you kind of wanted to stay away from last year, just like the Patriots running back group. You weren't sure who was going to be the lead back or if anyone was going to be consistent that week until really late in the season with C.J. Anderson when he emerged yeah, well, you know, late in the with season. With C.J. Anderson, I believe it was the first four games of the season. He had at least 20 carries in each of those games, and then he kind of disappeared for a little while. He came back. The last five weeks of the regular season, C.J. Anderson had at least 22 carries in each one of those games. So the Broncos, they like to run the football. Whoever ends up being their number one running back, they're going to get a lot of touches. And I agree with you guys. I think it's going to end up being Royce Freeman, and I think he's going to have a really good year and someone that is going to surprise a lot of people. I agree. Yeah, yeah, and I think right now they're just trying to make him earn his role. They're putting Devontae Booker at the one, but I, I really feel like Elway is going to try to just give him, so to speak, this role of being the starter, unless Devontae Booker comes out and just has another solid preseason game, wins the starting role for week one, and then just takes off from there. But I, I really don't see Devontae Booker being that good and being that, that guy. I don't see that happening either. I don't see him being that guy. But let's hear a few of your busts, a few people to stay away from. So my, my biggest, I got Jordy Nelson. I know a lot of people have, have him on their bus list, but I just, I really want to stay away from this guy. Even though John Gruden's there and there's been talks of him passing him more, helping out Derek Carr, helping out that offense, I, I just think Jordy Nelson was more of a system-type wide receiver, kind of like how Eric Decker was with Peyton Manning and how the quarterback almost made the wide receiver. And I, I don't think... Uh, I think Jordy Nelson's a lot better than Eric Decker, but I still think Aaron Rodgers made him tremendously better than the 
player he is, and I, I don't think Derek Carr is anywhere near the caliber Aaron Rodgers is. So I definitely see Jordy Nelson falling off, especially with Amari Cooper trying to have a bounce-back year. I, I definitely think Amari Cooper is going to resurrect and, and have just not, not a breakout year because he's kind of already maybe broke now, so to speak. But I think Amari Cooper will definitely have he was, he, I uh, think, I, two type year. I think he was down a little bit last year because of Derek Carr's injuries, and there was a lot of weeks. Ooh, he this, dropped this, a lot this, of balls. This was the thing. Amari Cooper last year, it was on a week-to-week basis, he didn't perform consistently. But then there would be weeks that he had record-breaking weeks well, he, had that, he had that he had that one game where uh, he had the second Thursday most football. yeah, yeah second was, most points for a receiver and, and, and that and that's where fantasy is misleading because then you look at a guy's ranking or how many points and that inflates the average points per week because the guy had such an insane week or two but yeah, when yeah. you looked at it from starting him as your wide receiver one or wide receiver two or even in your flex position you're looking for week-to-week production, and that's something that wasn't there last year, be- and that's because of the offense, how it was set up, and because of Derek Carr's injuries. So he didn't have a down year last year, but it definitely wasn't. Well, no, it was a down year. I had him it, on my team. He scored a touchdown week one. It was and then lopsided. He, and then he, compl- he had that one touchdown where he like muscled it into the end zone week one, and then he's like, all right, and completely went on a vacation for eight weeks and gave me completely nothing. Yeah, actually, well, Amari Cooper's my breakout player of the year for this year. I think he's going to have a monstrous year. I think John Gruden's going to help this offense a lot more than people think, and this is an offense that I'm going to be picking people from that offense, and I think everyone should. It's an offense you should gravitate towards because of how – they're going to be changing up the scheme. I think Derek Carr is poised for an amazing year and a bounce-back year. Really quickly with Amari Cooper. So Derek Carr earlier in this offseason, he said in an interview, I forgot who it was with, but he said, you know, Cooper will never admit this, but he was basically playing all of last year on one foot. And it makes some sense. You could see there was something not right with him, aside from him just not catching the football the way that he should be. You look at his stats. 2016, 83 receptions, 1,153 yards, five touchdowns. 2017, he drops to 48 receptions, 680 yards, and seven touchdowns. He did, so, he did have more an uptick in touchdowns. Yeah, but so they, I, he was more of a red zone target. But, but that those receptions back. clearly something's up when you. Well, get yeah, that you have much. to say Derek Carr with also with how many games that he missed. They had such yeah. a connection there, and to have to be dealing with his second string quarterback on a week to week basis, it really really affected his and, fantasy. And with Jordy Nelson, I agree that I think he's probably going to be overdrafted. You look at his numbers last year when Aaron Rodgers was healthy in the lineup, Jordy Nelson was a wide the seventh best wide receiver in fantasy. After Aaron Rodgers goes down, Jordy Nelson finishes the year with his worst statistical season since he became a full-time starter. So that makes complete sense what you were saying about him being more of a system quarterback. I think he'll still be a good receiver for the Raiders, but yeah, it's not going to be anything like the Jordy Nelson we're used to. Give me a few more busts, Adam. All right, uh, so my second guy is uh, Trick Cohen. Um, I just I don't see him doing much this year just because the Bears went out and got so many weapons. They, they got Taylor Gabriel, Allen Robinson, uh, the guy you just mentioned, Trey Burton, who I think is going to get tons of targets and tons of receptions. And I think he could steal the the plays that Tariq Cohen could break out on, like the the wheel routes that he could break out on. And I think uh, Taylor Gabriel is going to be that speedy receiver, that deep route, or that kind of just screen pass type guy. And I I, I just don't see Tariq Cohen getting as many touches. And I also, I like Jordan Howard. I think this guy's great. Um, he, he, He doesn't catch the ball a lot. 
But if he could get his catching down, I think Jordan Howard could be a premier just uh, stud RB1. I like, and, I like uh, Howard, as, I like Howard as an RB1, RB2 in a standard league. In PPR, I don't think he's much more than an RB2 with a low ceiling or a yep, flex. Yep. Uh, do you have one more? Do you have one more bust for me? Yep, yep. And so my last one is uh, Dion Lewis. I know everyone's kind of high on him, and uh, people are excited. He's kind of gonna be. He got a big, nice contract. So obviously, guys who get nice contracts are worth something for the team. So, um, but in this case, I just think Derek Henry's a freak of nature. I think this guy is gonna get the first first team reps, uh, first down reps in the first week. He's gonna be kind of the starter, even though they might split carries or whatever, but I think once he gets that starting role, he's just going to take it and run with it, and Deion Lewis is going to start to turn into like a Corey Clement, uh, Darren Sproles, TJ Yeldon type, just uh, a little scat back. back. I definitely see uh, Derrick Henry being uh, just one player that's going to go off, if, and if Deion Lewis were to get injured or something, Derrick Henry could be... Uh, every bit of a top five, top six back. Yeah. Um, that offensive line for the Titans is starting to look scary. Yeah, the offensive line for the Titans does look good, and their defense is looking a lot better. I think the, Titan, the Titans are a team that I expect to make the playoffs this year. Not to be very high seeded wise but I expect them to sneak into the playoffs like they did this last year. A couple people to stay away from for me. I'm going to go pretty quick on it. Ronald Jones... I know people actually yeah. have him as a sleeper sometimes, but his preseason performance really has been really bad. I'm sitting next to a USC alumni and another <laughs> USC fanatic, and I'm, I do like USC too. At the same time, I expected Ronald Jones to perform a yeah. lot better. No, he, out he's of, out of bed. He's out of bed. But let me give you a few stats. 12 attempts, 11 yards. He has more attempts than yeah. yards. It's That's looks, pretty bad. And it hasn't <laughs> been that there haven't been holes there. His vision hasn't looked very good. The he Bucks hasn't just... had the explosion that you expected. And he had one in particular run that I saw that he completely took the wrong lane. And if he bounced it outside, he would have been able to at least you know pick up five, six, seven yards. Yeah. He hasn't been able to really put one productive run forward. And it's not like he's put up any stats catching the yeah. ball out of the backfield, performing anyway for the Buccaneers. I, would, I think he just lost the starting job, look for Barber to have some fantasy value. And I think you'll see him playing in, in a few weeks, and you'll see him have one week where he gets a breakout touchdown or comes in with a few carries, and people will be picking him up off the waiver wire. But until he fully proves himself and take over that starting role, he's not going to have much value in either standard or PPR. With this slow preseason start, uh, I definitely think that's a confidence hurter. I think he could get inside his own head and start to think like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to win this job and just kind of psych himself out, which is never good for players. And so until he kind of gets that, gets the NFL down, so to speak, gets the running, gets the, the playbook down and uh, gets some, you know, like vision and figure things out, I, I think he's going to lack some confidence and just have a tough time at overcoming Peyton Barber and taking that starting role yeah. that the Bucks want him to have. I agree. And like I said, Buccaneers are one of those teams I want to stay away from with their offense. Jameis Winston, I'm not a big fan of. I don't think he's going to have any year that's going to be so anywhere near consistent this Mike year. Mike Evans had that dirty hit last year against the Saints. That the, was completely the team has question marks. I want to stay away from Cameron Bray and OJ Howard. The reason why is I think they're going to take away from each other's value too much. They have a weird dynamic. Yeah, I don't I like. Want to stay away from all the Bucks. Period. I want to stay away from the Bucks. Period. Like I just said, that was a team definitely yeah. stay away from. And any team that really runs a heavy two tight end set. 
to where they rely on more than one guy as a focal point of their offense beyond just blocking. So if you got a guy like O.J. Howard, who they picked up in the first round, I believe. Pretty high. And pretty high. And Cameron Bray, a huge extension. Six-year so deal, too. That I can make, the thing is, I can make a case. Five, six, I, think I can make six. a case for either one of them. So I don't like either one of them because of that reason alone. I think they're yeah. going to take away from each other's value, and you can get better value with other tight ends. I would rather take either one of those two over a guy like Jordan Reed or Jared Cook, who hasn't really performed too well over the years and a lot of hype around his name. I would rather take O.J. Howard or Cameron Brait, but I'd still stay away from really any of those four guys that I just Jordan, listed. Jordan Reed, I feel like you could make an argument. You'd rather on it. Yeah, it's, just, it's, all, it's all about the health. Jordan Reed Especially could be, with Alex Smith being a tight end lover and, and how he, he would always target Kelsey, I definitely think if Jordan Reed can stay healthy, he can develop some sort of chemistry and kind of be that, that guy he was a couple of years ago because he has definitely proved himself he can be a top five tight end. It's just his health. Yeah, a absolutely. A couple question marks. What do you think about Patrick Mahomes? I'm going to ask Christian first just to hear what he thinks. <laughs> I, it's just a question mark for me. I, I like Philip Rivers as a comparison for him, an early Philip Rivers, where he has a big arm. He's going to put up the yards. I think he does have some legs, but he's going to throw a ton of interceptions. Do, oh yeah. Do you stay away from him, or is this a guy that you consider a sleeper? Because I've seen him on both bust lists and sleeper lists because of his potential, but also because of his. He does have a lot of pressure with him in the offense, and I think he's going to be slinging the ball all over the place. What do you think about him and oh, his value? I think you should have him on your team. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. St- I'm not very high on the quarterback position, like drafting the quarterback very high. Yeah. So if you have Mahomes against a very suspect defense, I get. I'm so excited about that. He has so many weapons to play with. He has a a good quarterback minded coach. I'm just. I want him on my team. Okay, I know we're all in the same fantasy league. So Corbin, if you draft him, I'm gonna literally gonna murder <laughs> you. But I'm so excited to get him on a weak matchup. Uh, get him on a week that he has a weak matchup. And just let him put up crazy amount of points. Okay, yeah, he's gonna throw some interceptions, but you know, fantasy's a lot about matchups, and yeah. that's not a position that I ride or die, no matter who, like you know, who the matchup is. So I'm gonna let that be my wide receiver and running back position. I'm gonna run with Patrick Mahomes and maybe you know another consistent guy on my bench. So I, I love him. I'm very notice, happy. notice how Christian's been pretty quiet through this whole fantasy football stuff. He doesn't want us to know what he's thinking. He's definitely trying to hold back some of the knowledge. <laughs> For me, I ride with the level of confidence that I don't mind letting a lot of you guys know some of my secrets and one of my strategies because I think it's going to work regardless. It's one of those Randy Moss-esque kind of things where it's like, I'm going to whisper in your ear exactly <laughs> what I'm doing and then go do that and just you can't do anything about it. So that's how I'm looking at my confidence this year. I'm hoping that will take me straight to the championship, Adam. Perry but also steady cheats. I, d- I, I don't. I, didn't, I, I don't <laughs> cheat. That's a definite thing. But there is one thing. He was banned from the waiver wire. <laughs> Definitely. We got, yeah, we got definitely a lot of drama in our league, for sure. <laughs> yeah. We got Christian and a someone of, else in our league who are just drama. constantly monitoring the waiver wire for any possible collusion. Yeah. Which we found. I got a, I got one more name I want to bring up. Joe Mixon, also Rashad Penny. Just both of those running backs that had a lot of people had as their sleepers, I see now I a lot of people have as their bus. Both have underperformed in the preseason. Rashad Penny is having surgery on a finger injury that will sideline him at least up to the beginning of the season, if not miss a week or two. I don't like either of these guys. I say stay away. 
do you feel positively about Joe Mixon at all, Adam, or is this a guy that you want to stay away from as well? Um, you know, Joe Mixon, he, he's really a wild card for me. Like, he's he's one of the toughest guys to kind of gauge on what he's going to do just because uh, he definitely has the potential, the like the, the kind of freak of nature, running back abilities, and, you know, he, he, he's got it. But their offensive line is weak. I know they kind of beefed it up this year a little bit. They uh, drafted a center. Um, but there's still Giovanni Bernard, who's in the backfield, and if he's any what productive, that's, that'll be taking carries away from Mixon. And uh, I just I don't like anyone on that not anyone on that offense because I, I wouldn't mind AJ Green, even though he's a little bit inconsistent at times. But the Bengals' offense is, is a tough one, and I, I just don't like that, that entire team to be honest. They their their defense is is up in the air. I, I see a lot of the Bengals trying to come back from games and throw the ball a lot more and playing from behind rather than being able to run it with Joe Mixon being up later in games. No, yeah. I agree with you, but I, I really like Rashad Penny Perry. I do have to disagree with you. From when I was reading, he seems like a ball of energy, and I usually go away from players that play on teams with horrible offensive lines. He was very productive in college. He was, and I I don't know. I get it. I, there's some players I have a very back very rich background in football i played division one football and when i watch him on film he just i don't know it's something inside of me really likes it so corbin you can take him in the draft if you want but i want him in a later round capacity or even getting him off the waiver wire but i, think I just don't know if i like him for his value i think he's going to be overvalued and have a lot of pressure especially with a weak offensive line and russell wilson is the exact kind of quarterback that you want there to up his value but off the finger injury, and I know that it's hard to find any running back that's going to be consistent on a week-to-week basis in that Seattle running back committee. It's very Patriots as too. It's one of those that you kind of want to stay away from. And that also is because they're scared of going out and making a big move for an offensive lineman with the exception of Dwani Brown, who they just inked to a big Dwayne, extension. Dwayne Brown. Dwayne Brown, sorry. Uh, He's a big name there. They have they, Jockle as well in the offensive yeah. line. He had he was drafted very high, but never really panned out. But he's seen a little bit of a resurgence on the Seattle. So team. you so you do like Rashad Penny? I do like Rashad Penny, and I'm not saying draft him with your tenth overall pick. I'm saying if you have the last pick of your draft, or you see him on the waiver wire week two, stash him. He's gonna figure it out. The Seahawks drafted him in the first round for a reason. So. If you have a little bit of, uh, you know, don't 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 go high on him. Just risk a little bit and get him and stash yeah. him. Yeah. Well, I'm just happy that fantasy football is back. Really. I'm excited. I'm gonna destroy Corbin. He's <laughs> honestly garbage. <laughs> okay. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the last two questions we have for you. So first, we just want to hear one player at each position that you think is rated too low. All right. So at quarterback, I got um, Jared Goff. Uh, I definitely think he improved tremendously last year from uh, the Jeff Fisher year. I definitely think Sean McVay is is a kind of a quarterback whisperer, so to speak, with Goff at least. And I think uh, they have great chemistry. And I uh, with the Brandon Cook signing, he's he's getting another weapon. He knows that guy's going to be there for a long time, so he's going to try to establish some chemistry. Uh, Robert Woods was started to break out. He was up and coming until he got injured late in the season. Cooper Cup has established himself as a solid slot guy. The only thing they're really missing is a tight end. But with such 
good talented wide receivers and Todd Gurley. I don't I don't think you need an incredibly good tight end. It's just a different it's a different kind of offense. I agree. You don't really need a power tight end in that offense. It's more of an air raid Sean McVay offense, which I really like. And he's an exciting coach. He's fresh off a coach of the year award. Can you win that award back to back years? I don't, I don't can I don't think it's happened really in a very long time. And I don't don't expect to see it again because it's not going to be the vast improvement. But expect to see him there for a long time, and he's going to be a Super Bowl champion very soon. I believe in that, and he's a name that he learned a lot from John Gruden. So he is called the son of Chucky, actually, which I think is hilarious because they call you know John Gruden Chucky, and he brings his own style and a more modern style of play on top of what he learned from. You know, Gruden. I really like McVay. I think he's going to help the Rams for a long time. Because he was the offensive coordinator yeah, on Jay Gruden yeah. in Washington. Yeah, well, you know, do you have any other uh, players that you wanted to name on this? We're just going to wrap it up yeah, after absolutely. this for the fantasy uh, part. Next up, I already kind of briefed him was uh, Derek Henry. This guy, I know he could be split in carries, but by, by week two, three, I definitely think uh, he's going to turn heads and just win this starting role and, and be that guy. I, I'm definitely, I'm really confident in him. They have a great offensive line, and I, I can just see him getting the ball and every inside the 10 carry. 100%. And I just, yeah. I don't see Deion Lewis being effective in the red zone. Rather it, than, I think it really depends on what league you play in, if it's standard or PPR. Yeah, I think yeah, Deion yeah, Lewis absolutely, will be... absolutely. I, I, I'm a, more of a standard guy, so a lot of the times if I'm talking, just assume standard, <laughs> unless I say otherwise, but... Uh, in a PPR, I would definitely, uh, I would maybe not stay away from Henry, but you could definitely get him at a lot lower value. I think if Deion Lewis were to go down and you had him in a PPR league, that means you got him in a later round, and now Deion Lewis is gone, and Derrick Henry's not an awful pass catcher. He can actually catch the ball. He's, he's not too bad, and I think he could just pay off immensely. So at wide receiver, this guy is—he's he, ranked pretty high, but I just think he should be higher. I'm totally in love with him, and it's Devonte Adams. He is going to be Aaron Rodgers' go-to. You can tell Aaron Rodgers is starting to establish some chemistry with him. He—he he looked great uh, in a couple preseason games. I know uh, he is. He's had 22 touchdowns in the last two years, yeah. which is uh, second best only to, I think, Antonio Brown. I just think uh, Jordy Nelson didn't get re-signed to the Packers for a reason. And I think Aaron Rodgers kind of knew Jordy Nelson was on his way out and Devontae Adams is going to be his new go-to guy. Yeah, I read lately that he should be the number two receiver taken over DeAndre Hopkins or any of those guys, regardless of Deshaun Watson's return. I like that thinking. He's going to put up a great year this year. I really agree. And he's going to benefit from Aaron Rodgers' return. And and Jimmy Graham, too. Jimmy Graham is a guy that I've read bust things about as well as sleeper things about. People are rather really high on him or not high on him him at all in this offense. One one thing really quickly with Jimmy Graham. So when he was with Seattle last year, he was on the field for – it was 68 or 69% of their offensive snaps. Aaron Rodgers even said that Jimmy Graham was not utilized the way that he should have been in Seattle. Green Bay is going to utilize him. Aaron Rodgers is going to exploit that mismatch every time possible. We saw briefly just what happened in their second preseason game. They were on the field for just one drive. Jimmy Graham caught a touchdown just to simple route past the safety and then just the jump ball for Jimmy Graham to go get it. And it happened. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of that. So 
Jimmy Graham, someone who he's a big name though, so it's not like you're going to be able to get him in a steal type of situation just yeah. because his name carries that cachet. But I do think he's going to have a pretty big year, as will Devonte Adams, especially with Delaney Walker dealing with some injury yeah. concern. I would put Jimmy Graham over Delaney Walker if I'm going in the draft now. And I just got done talking about how you want to stay away from a lot of tight ends, and once you're away from that top four, top five tight end class. It really drops off after that. and But I am a believer that you can get a tight end on a week-to-week basis on the waiver wire. With different injuries and with how valuable a tight end can be, You know, there's a different name that pops up every single, every single year. If that's a Cody Fleener or a Jack Doyle, someone that you don't expect to emerge, expect that to happen again this year and not to be an O.J. Howard or a Cameron Bright or a name that's been big in the past or a high-drafted guy. I expect more of a Jack Doyle kind of surprise when you see a guy who you're going to be able to pick up at least every other week on the waiver wire. I think with Jimmy Graham, we should expect to see more of Jimmy Graham with the Saints than we yes. did with Jimmy Graham with the Seahawks, totally even agree. though he is older. And Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in football. I know Corbin agrees with me. And I mean, he's had some great quarterbacks. Breeze, Russell Wilson, Wilson and now Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but so Rodgers it's not like he's he, played Rodgers with any scrubs. It's a different level. Rodgers is a, he it's definitely not like he's different. played with any scrubs. No, no, no but... Aaron, just Aaron's a, different. We we both agree on this. No, thing. I agree too. I there, think he's the especially best with tight ends. Too. I agree. He just puts that extra zip, and he yeah. knows how to how to work him. How do you? Just quick question, Adam. Do you think Rodgers? Obviously, he's poised for a big year. It's Aaron Rodgers. Do you think he is the best quarterback in the league, or do you give that still to Tom Brady? Just want to hear a quick. In your opinion, also, who has better fantasy value? Um, I absolutely think it's Rodgers. Rodgers, I've seen in everyone's top 10 quarterbacks is Rodgers number one. It's rare you'll see him not at number one. There's there, there's some guys who will put Deshaun Watson at one just because he has that or upside. Or, 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 or Carson Wentz, too. Like if you're Jalen Ramsey. Just like Jalen Ramsey, <laughs> said Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson for the next five to ten years. It's going to be one of them almost every year. They're that good. Is, that's I think the most that's, truthful statement he said in that whole thing. Definitely. But do, <laughs> yeah. do, for fantasy value, you're going to go with Rodgers as well? Absolutely, and if, if not Rodgers, I think Carson Wentz. If Carson Wentz didn't get injured last year, I would take him over Aaron Rodgers. I think this guy is just, he, he's got the league down. He he has the weapons, he has the defense, he has the coach. He's just in such a great position to succeed that this injury just set him back a little bit. And I, I definitely think he's going to have an amazing year this year. He could even win Comeback Player of the Year. He's actually my pick for Comeback Player of the Year. Okay. And um, I think... By next year or within the two years, Carson Wentz will be the best quarterback in the NFL. Who's poised for a better comeback season between Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz? And and, and Andrew Luck, but I know you're very high on the first two, so I would the young guys. I would go with one of the first two. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think either of them could do it, but I, I think. Deshaun Watson might have a better chance at winning it just because he could be a little bit more exciting, a little bit more dazzling and creating plays. Although Carson Wentz is very elusive too. He's he's shown his ability to escape and kind of uh, weave his way through defenders. But I I think it's 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 very close. Either guy could win it. Um, it's just going to come down, down to who, who plays better, which is kind of obvious. But I, I would take... <laughs> Carson wants to be to be the guy that's just a little bit better, just because I could see Deshaun Watson having a little uh, regression with teams getting more film on him, seeing what he likes to do, what he who he prefers, and just kind of figuring him out a little bit more and trying to exploit him because. Uh, 
that was Carson Wentz's second year, and he didn't really get exploited. He kind of figured it out, figured the league out a little bit better, and just took off. So yeah, no we'll sophomore see what Watson does this year. Yeah, no sophomore slump for him, as Christian just said. I totally agree. And people say he acts like a veteran. He carries himself like a veteran. And, he, and with him being injured at the end of the year, I think it was a good learning experience. I think he was able to help on the sidelines and focus in the film room. And on top, working off an almost MVP year, it's hard to have low expectations for Carson Wentz. And Deshaun Watson, a very exciting player. I look forward to seeing them play for a long time. And the fantasy value is going to be very high. Thank you so much for joining us, Adam. I'm going to let you get back to your busy life, uh, and this is this is <laughs> your late. this is your week or two to really shine, helping out people with their drafts. So make sure you go follow him on Twitter, Everyday Fantasy Football, and ask him all of your questions. Check out his rankings. Check out his strategy. Ask him anything you want if you want to be successful in your fantasy football league and win a championship. We really enjoyed having you on, Adam, and thank you so much for being part of the Unwrap family now. We're going to be doing a lot of partnership with him. As he said, look out for a lot of his jersey giveaways and a lot of interactive stuff with Unwrapped and with Everyday Fantasy Football. Absolutely, man. I just love to get back to the fans, and I'm glad we can partner up here. And just one quick thing I'd like to know about the, one of the first questions you asked me. I, I completely forgot to mention it um so draft strategy i know matthew barry says all the time don't draft a defense until the last round draft a defense the late last two rounds i think that is complete nonsense if you have to play a defense every week why would you wait till the very last round to get like unless you unless no defenses are picked until the very last round but that's highly unlikely so my strategy is go get the jaguars defense go get the vikings defense yeah. these are go teams the Ram- that can go put up 30 points a game the rams also all, all three yeah, of the, especially the, the vikings adding even more depth yeah. today on defense with Ioka, yeah. and yeah. those are defenses that can win you games i remember when i had the rams defense at some point and i had greg zerline their kicker the two of them were more productive than yep. a lot of my skill position players. That was winning me oh, weeks. Yeah. The, the Broncos defense, the year they won the Super Bowl, there were. it seemed like each week you could count on them for around 20 points. Definitely. Well, especially the oh, Super yeah, Bowl yeah. game specifically, that their defense willed them yeah. to a victory. Definitely. But thank you so much, Adam, for joining us, and we're going to catch you next time. I know you got a busy couple weeks coming up. Again, go follow him on Everyday Fantasy Football. Ask him anything for all of your draft needs. Perfect. Thank you, Adam. All right. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for having me. Good night, G. That was super fun having him on here. We still got some more topics to go over with the three of us here. Let's talk some preseason injuries. I feel like this year, out of all of the other years, it's way more, especially with knee injuries, ACL injuries. They've been going down left and right. There was even that preseason game for the Vikings where six players went down. That's a lot of players, and it wasn't just, oh, sprained ankle, dehydration, little things that could have just happened on the week. There were actual injuries that really impacted the team. I really thought it was insane. What do you guys take on why there's so many injuries? It could just be a freak thing. Um, Also, what's your thoughts on some preseason so far? I'm just happy football is back. We're about halfway through now, so let's talk injuries and some preseason. Two weeks away from the real thing. As far as the injuries are concerned, I think part of it is just with the CBA the way it is with the limitations as far as how many practices players can be practicing um, throughout this preseason and throughout the regular season. As players continue to get stronger, faster, 
just bigger. If they can't practice as much as they used to be able to, as much as they want to try to stay in shape on their own, there's only so much that they can do individually versus in a team setting to where I think that just that extra fatigue and not being in as good of shape as they could possibly be in, just that fatigue adds to more injury. And I think we're starting to see it. And it's terrible what we're seeing. I think that Isaiah Wynn injury is... Tough. Most devastating, just because he's a first-round pick. That's a lot of draft capital. A couple, that... a couple big ones. I'll name some notable ones. Darius Geis, running back for the Redskins, yeah. huge name. Everyone was very excited for him. I know they keep saying they were confident in the running backs they had on the team. They drafted him because they thought he was the best player in that position for when they were drafting, not because they weren't confident in the rest of their guys. That's what they were saying, and they didn't need a veteran running back. <laughs> then they went out and signed yeah. Adrian, Adrian Peterson, which we'll talk about in a quick second. But Chargers tied in Hunter Henry, and this is after they parted ways with Antonio Gates. He was supposed to be a big part of the offense, Henry, this year. He went down. Patriots O-lineman Isaiah Wynn, just like we talked about. Titans safety Jonathan Cyprin. Vikings offensive line Nick Easton. Packers Jake Ryan. Cardinals center A.Q. Shipley. Chargers cornerback Jason Verrett. And today Travis Frederick, as we were saying earlier. So just a lot of injuries. Those are just some. Just a lot of no- just names that are big, big names. But uh, all the minor injuries that are going around also... I'm not going to say the reasons or the factors why. I'm just going to mark it as a freak preseason. I'm happy football is back, but you got to be cautious if you're an NFL team and playing your starters for the third and fourth week. You got to probably play it cool and watch it with how all these injuries are going down. So I have to agree with Perry and disagree with Corbin. I think uh, one of the Harbots made the point that you made that there's not as much practice as there used to be, so that would uh, the fatigue is attributing to their injuries. I have to disagree with you as my whole playing career as a college football player, I thought that the more practice, the more BS drills my coach made me do attributed to me getting injured more, attributed to me, one, mentally not wanting to be there, and two, just giving more opportunity for me to get hurt. And you said a team or an individual setting. Let's go with Isaiah Wynn, a left tackle. Offensive lineman, individual, and team period is the same thing. So you can just think of it as one long day of teamwork because offensive lineman, you're going full speed no matter what you do. It's not like a receiver. You can just run drill. So the fatigue part, it's not what factors into them getting injured. It factors into more what Perry said and just statistics – this year's a, a year that a lot of a these year. a lot of these freak years. If you can show me some data that the the fatigue is attributing to these ligament damages, then yes, I'll change my opinion. But from my personal experience, the more times you put me out there, the more times I have a chance of getting injured. Yeah. That's just how I plainly see it. If you can show me some data, they'll prove me wrong. I'm a fan of hardcore proof. Makes so. sense. It's sad to see some of the seasons ending before they really start, especially big names that people are excited about, like Isaiah Wayne yeah. and Darius Geis. That's why we don't draft for fantasy until later yeah, in the preseason because exactly. we knew this was going to happen. Exactly. It's not fair from a fantasy standpoint. Right. That's exactly why people wait to do their fantasy draft because – Imagine picking a guy that you're so high on. You have him as your flex. You already have your plan for him. Julian Adelman last year goes drafted down, him high. Goes down Boom. week three in the preseason because he's a rookie and they're really trying to milk him and see what his value is. At. It's really going to hurt you if you draft really before September. I would say if you're not in the last few days of August or the first week of September, you've probably drafted a little bit too early or too late if you're mm-hmm. going to wait until week two. There was actually a year that... I did a fantasy draft with some friends. We just waited way too long. Couldn't figure out a draft date. Had to wait. And our first week was week two. So (laughs) it was super weird. 
But you got it done though. It is still possible. So if you guys are a little late, don't give up hope. They'll still let you do it. I believe for the first couple weeks of this season and mark yeah. that as your first it's in DraftKings week by week yeah, yeah I mean there's, there's, there's different kinds and I mean the injuries you mentioned the Julian Edelman injury last year even if it's not an injury to a superstar there are still injuries like to offensive linemen to Isaiah Wynn Travis Fred- Frederick where it indirectly affects stars Ezekiel Elliott like we were talking about earlier, there is a lot of concern now because that offensive line is banged up. It's going to affect Ezekiel Elliott's still the same player. He's still a great player, but because he doesn't have the same people blocking for him, I'm a little bit more hesitant. It's a domino to take effect. Totally. I think, I think uh, the injuries on their offensive line are a little bit in hyperbole. You still have Tyron Smith, who's an elite left tackle. They have a lot of depth. A lot of depth There's still going to be a better offensive line than a lot of your They'll franchises. They'll be extremely serviceable. It's just... Are they debatably one of the best offensive lines in history right now? No, like they have not. been in past years. Definitely not. That's where we're but looking Zeke at. Ezekiel Elliott is also two years you older. You are right, though. Don't freak out. The Cowboys' yes. offensive line Chill. is still. You still very have good. the premier left tackle in the yes. National Football Let's League. Let's talk Adrian Peterson. He appeared in six games last year with the Cardinals. He is now entering his twelfth season on his fourth team. It didn't work out too well with the Saints, and didn't work out too well with the Cardinals. But he did lead the league in carries with 129 during that six-game span. And he was the number 13-ranked fantasy running back, which isn't super high, but just if you're looking at volume and how many carries, they were trying to feed him the ball. And right now the Redskins, especially with how banged up their running back group is, and you got Samaj P. Ryan, who it seems like is going to bust up his ankle every other week and just have a somewhat minor injury. He's so banged up all the time, but it's nothing serious ever. It's just he's in, he's out. He's in, he's out. Rob Kelly, who always underperforms. I'm not a Rob Kelly fan at all. Um, But still, injury prone. A lot of these guys, Chris Thompson, injury prone. Who knows what weeks they're going to be healthy and be playing well. Who knows what weeks they aren't. You know, knocking on wood, Adrian Peterson doesn't have the health concerns coming in right now, and he is going to see the touches. So for fantasy, I know people say, maybe stay away from Adrian Peterson. Don't be scared to take a flyer on him, because he is going to get the touches and the chances, and he does still have some juice left. I believe in that personally. Don't think he's ever going to be the same AP again. But let's talk his fit with the you know, with the Redskins, and if you think he's going to be the lead back because they haven't promised that, they had said he had to earn the role, they haven't given him any massive contract, there's nothing, not a lot riding on him right now, so they're really going to see how he looks for the rest of the camp now. Do you think Samaje Pirine smirches and maybe Peterson gets some touches, Rob Kelly, or do you think if, this is a Peterson offense if, and you kind of scat back the rest of them? If Adrian Peterson doesn't beat out Samaje Pirine and Rob Kelly, then... <laughs> he has completely fallen off. He's done. He didn't look anything like the Adrian Peterson that we're used to last year, but he was still someone who you could give a lot of carries to. And he was, he was someone who could still hit that home run. And I I think that he needs 37 more rushing yards. Yeah. To pass Jim Brown, I think for top 10, right on the all time rushing list. So he's definitely going to get that. I think, I don't think he's going to get the same workload as he had with the Cardinals with those, what was it, 29 carries per game? Yeah, I mean, it was 129 the, carries oh, 129 in six, 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 games, six right. games. I don't think it's going to be that high. I think that it is going to be a little bit of running back by committee, but Adrian Peterson will still be the clear number one running back. It's just they're going to spread the wealth a little bit more than we're used to seeing. I really like the signing, Peterson. and this goes back to our last episode where I brought up rather Adrian Peterson or Orleans Darkwa. 
to fill this spot. I had a feeling just with how the running back free agency class was shaping up and with the need that they had. They need a veteran back. They're not trying to get too fancy. They're looking for an in-between the tackles running back. It's and better for sales, they too, have, to have Exactly. Peterson. They have their young guys. They have Chris Thompson, who's the receiving yeah. back. They have the, exci- yeah. the excitement back there. They need the consistency back there. And like you said, sell some jerseys. He looks good. It's not like the Redskins are going to be worried about making the playoffs. This yeah, year. I don't think so at all. And Redskins, right now, this was the best move that they could have made after losing Darius Guys. And you also got to factor in that veteran presence. He's He's been around. In the locker room. And yeah. he's been an elite player at one point, too. So he knows what it's like to be... At one point, the best player, you know, depending on how you viewed him, uh, in the National Football League. He was League. definitely the best player at some point in the National Football League, at least oh, for a couple yeah. years span. I and mean, it's sad to see how it is now, but just like I said, I don't. Was, wasn't it the see season him after out. he tore his ACL when he had the second most rushing yards in NFL? He, yeah. history? it's it's not. Yeah. The, that's why I said it's not the he's injury. A, it's not the injury concern. It's not that I think he's done. It's just no. It's just how he's him starting now. to wear down. Yeah, how is how is he going to perform? Is the only question. I think he's going to perform though. I think he was the running back too. I know the ACL injury was dubbed like like the kiss of death, and then Adrian Peterson was one of the first superstars to come back and not perform similar, but to perform almost better than yeah. he did before. No. Yeah, absolutely. so he he kind of uh, whether it's him or his surgeon, you want to give the credit to, but or maybe a team effort. Else, but this is team team know. football, right? But even with Todd Gurley, you know, he had that injury out of college, and I was super super concerned. And it's like he has turned it up since then. So. Yeah, I totally agree. Let's play a little game here, guys. Jalen Ramsey got <laughs> a ton of words to say about quarterbacks around the NFL. I'm kind of just going to go through each one. Let's say if we kind of agree or disagree, you can laugh. And you know, did he say if he sounds like he's an funny? Idiot? He's funny, but you can say if he's overstepping or kind of is mm-hmm. not really valid there. But just tell me what you think of each comment. He clearly didn't worry about what people thinks about him around he the never league. Never does. Never does. We'll start with Joe Flacco. Uh, I played him two years in a row. He sucks. <laughs> Facts. True. Yeah. Facts. True. I agree. Uh, Aaron Rodgers does not suck. I would agree with that, too. I 100% yeah, agree. You, could, you need to put some respect yeah. on the kids. So. We just, is, but it is true. He does not suck. He does not suck. That's a true statement. If you're going true or false, he does not suck. Yeah, yeah, let's do it like that way. True or false. Yeah, the next one, Tom Brady doesn't suck. True. 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 Uh, Marcus Mariota. I think Marcus Mariota is a great quarterback for their team. True. 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 Do you think he's a great quarterback? False. 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 Okay. But I'm not saying I, it's set in saying. stone. He did He did say for their team. Yeah, so true. He was, no, and I agree. That's he covered no, he his fits, bases. He, fits what he covered his bases. Tyrod Taylor, there has been debate on how to pronounce his name this last week. Tyrod. Tyrod. Uh, I read from another source that his agent and father both addressed him as Tyrod to this particular source. So there is confusion is it Tyrod? Is it Tyrod? On Hard Knocks, he said Tyrod. Tyrod. Why is this just now coming out? Because of Hard Knocks or because uh, no one yeah. cares about Buffalo? It's Hard Knocks. It was addressed, in the, it was addressed yeah. in the TV yeah. shows at yeah. that point. Tyrod. So let's put respect on how to pronounce okay. it. Tyrod Taylor. I think Tyrod Taylor is actually a better quarterback than he gets credit for because he does not make mistakes. True. 100%. True. The Bills did him dirty. He's a good quarterback. He's going to be starting, I think, for the whole year. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know yet if you... Know how to work within your scheme, then it means you're good. I guess you can say he's good. I think he's the voice of the people on that one. Uh, he's only started seven games in his career, 
So it's a little too early to tell, but he's a winner, yeah. clearly. I mean, I go like incomplete on that, but if it's true false, I guess I'll go true. Just he did show stuff last I year. I guess right? yeah. you can say But yeah, it is pretty tough. Yeah, I guess you can say true. Seven game sample size is pretty tough. So to this is around. really about Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz kind of in one. Watson will be the league MVP in a couple years, 100%. There's not even a debate about that. Him and Carson Wentz, for every year starting now until five to ten years, it's going to be them too. They're that good. Is he overhyping them, or do you like his statement on the two? No, true. Unless like injury gods prove us wrong, then... They yeah. both already had the kind of injury yeah. gods strike them down this last year. Not going to say it's not going to happen again. Obviously, knocking on wood for all of them. Yeah. But they did get some tough luck this last year. I, I mean, love- those are clearly the two best young quarterbacks. You got Aaron Rodgers is what thirty four, or he'll be thirty four later this year. He's on the. I mean, they all. I just are try to think about his age. age. All the elite I quarterbacks. I don't, I don't want to think about. <laughs> all the elite for. quarterbacks we've been able to watch for the last decade are towards the end of their career now, and Russell Wilson's kind of in that middle ground now. He's not yeah. as old as the rest of the pack, but he's not young. He's a seasoned veteran still. But let's move on to Jared Goff, a young quarterback. He's average to above average. Uh, I think that one's probably the most false thing he said, but true. Because last year he played... With that statement coming off the year he had, that's true. He's not I'll average, go, but go, he said above average. And I like that. i go that. false. I think even above average is just not giving him enough credit. I think he had a good. really good year last year. Yeah, good, which I would say is above above average. I think I would have said good, maybe a little too early to tell how good. Yeah, so I'll go false on that. Dak Prescott, he's good. He's all right. He's okay. I'll put it that way. False. True or false? True. He's giving him too much credit. Not really. I think. I, I think the way yeah, he got a good first. I think the way you put now. it was good. He kind of went. He's good. He's all right. He's okay. Yeah. I just he, always say Perry overhypes him. That's always <laughs> been my thing. I don't say here. I'm not the Dak Prescott fan squad here. I'm not telling you he's an elite. elite quarterback. <laughs> I have text I think messages. He, as as I said, I think he's extremely good. I I think he's good. He's all right. He's okay. I think that's. Nice from Jalen Ramsey compared to the that's rest actually, of the that's nice, that's I think it's nice. nice way to put it. Kirk Cousins, I think he's good. I think he's a winner. Yes, true. Absolutely false. false Kirk Cousins' yeah. career record, 26 wins, 30 losses, and one tie. So yeah. he's got a losing record. False. If you want to say if he's a winner or not, by definition, that would be false. We'll see. He's going to have a much he better year. I think he made the playoffs once, right? He's going to turn it around with the Vikings this year with even just how amazing that yeah. defense is. If he plays okay... That defense alone is going to bring you nine to ten wins this year, especially was, with Mike Zimmer. Who he I'm was straight, off. and he's on a better team. He's going to do a lot better than what we saw. He's going to have a winning record after this year. I don't. I don't think him going to the Vikings is as. It's definitely an upgrade. We're but not, not talking as huge. Your whole defense is upgraded. If Case Keenum can do what he did on the Vikings last year, Kirk Cousins can repeat that production. If not. No, the, I agree with that. I think he's a better quarterback. I think the Vikings have like five or six positions just on offense. Yeah, but I think but Jalen Ramsey, false. His career record is a losing yeah, record false. right now. Derek Carr, I think he's good. True. 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 Uh, Eli Manning, I won't say Eli is good. I think it's actually against the law to say that Eli is good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because you're a Cowboys <laughs> I'm going to go false with that because I don't think Eli is a great quarterback, but he did win two Super Bowls. And he I think this is his current. I think it's current. Has he had a good career? It's, is he current? Good? Yeah, then I'll say true. Yeah, he's not He's not good. Just like I you said. Wanna, I, mean, I think he's starting to slip a little bit. I agree. So would you say true, Christian? Yes. Yeah. Russell Wilson, I think Russell is good. I think he's just a really good leader, too. True. I, true. I, he's one of my yeah, guys. Yeah. I like him a lot. He I still bugs me. Honestly. He's one of the top quarterbacks around the league. <laughs> bugs me, too. Even, a, even with a team with a lackluster over. offense... Over and over and over again, he finds a way no, to he's, be he's great. one of the top quarterbacks yeah. in the league. So 
If Imagine he, putting some good any, talent yeah, around. Any him. offensive line, any receivers. If you put a good talent Baldwin. around. Baldwin, I think Baldwin is so much better than. He's or very looks underrated. So much, I think Russell Wilson makes him a lot better than he actually is, though. That could be it, but he is also the focal point of that offense, especially with Completely Jimmy with, with Jimmy Graham, Graham gone now. He, no running back. He's gonna, yeah. but he is dealing with Russell injury. Wilson is the running back. He is dealing with injury, but we'll see. You <laughs> said Rashad Penny, Christian, that you well, I meant had going some value. before like, yeah. Eddie Lacy. Yeah, he had some yeah. value. Come on. I agree. Uh, Chris Carson, a guy who's been da- battling with injuries, he is a guy that don't expect to see him do too much, but he will start some games. I really do think so because Rashad Penny's injury prone too. They all are. They're all going to be injured. It's going to be whoever is healthy on a week to week basis, just like it always is for the Seahawks. I hate to say it like that, but it's an offense I'd probably stay away from. Um, ben Roethlisberger. I think he's decent at best. Big Ben slings the ball a lot of the time. He just slings it, and his receivers go and get it. 100% true. Mm, I think I, they need to put a little more credit on Big Ben. In, I think oh, – I'll let you finish. I, I mean, they have amazing receivers, but I've seen the throws he makes. It's not like they're just these crap throws. Well, they didn't say he's bad. He said, I think he's decent at best, and he slings the ball he's all over the place. I mean, he's better at pinpointing the ball. It's false, but I understand why Ramsey said that, because when Roethlisberger went up against the Jaguars, he – I mean, Big games. Ben did throw for you know over four thousand yards this last year. Yeah, 4, but the two games against the Jaguars, I think in the regular season he threw five picks against the Jaguars in the first game, and then in the playoffs, I don't remember exactly how many interceptions he threw, but he didn't have a good game. They, then either. they worked him in the pocket, though. Yeah, they beat Big Ben up yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, they definitely did. Blake Bortles, Blake, do what he got to do, and that's his teammate. <laughs> what do you guys think? I think he, I think it's true that's, because that's, I, what he, else he, can he you almost say? he almost got you him to a Super Bowl. Yeah, so you he, can't, you he can't shows up. You he can't. shows up. He fulfills his contract. He plays football and he does his job. Like, he does. You can't what say that, that, is, that is legally the nicest yeah. mean thing that you can say about your teammate. Like you, like there's nothing oh nice but God. mean else that you can say about that. I think that's the truest statement you can say yeah. about Blake Bortles. Just, yeah. He does what he has. You're to just do. backed into a corner. He has to play football and he shows up every day. I want to see his face when he said that. I wanted to see a still shot of his face when he said that because that would provide so much context. And the camera zooms in. On his face, he like just he, smiles, he just looks the other way, and he just and a meme is created. Go to my head. Uh, we got Nick, Nick Foles. He won them a Super Bowl, so he's good enough to do that. True, true. He won a Super Bowl. Good enough to do that. Drew Brees. I think Drew Brees is really good, even at this age. Yeah, totally true. true. He yeah. threw for over four thousand yards. He's done it for twelve straight seasons. Mike Thomas, love him. He's gonna make anyone around him better. He's one of those quarterbacks, even at this age. Andrew Luck. I don't really think he's that good. False. From what he's from what he's seen, I can understand why he thinks that. But I'm gonna have to say yeah, false. I'm gonna have to say false too. I think he is good. I don't think he's the Messiah because he had a lot of unfortunate luck with injuries. I think he's lucky to be playing football still. But I do think he's good. Yeah, it's just we forget about how, how good he, he is. I'm sure I'm forgetting how good he is right now, just because we haven't seen him in the past two years. The man can grow a beard though, even though it's <laughs> not anymore though. He looks weird. He loves look. being ugly. <laughs> Uh, Ryan Tannehill, I don't know much about him. I haven't heard the great greatest stuff about him, but I don't know him personally, so I can't tell you. I don't watch their games either. I don't think anyone because watches the Dolphins their games. Are trash. I really don't think anyone watches their games. I mean, if games. you're working, you know, one of the three days games are aired, you're... I don't know. Me, when I played football, I didn't want to watch football when I wasn't in football. I wanted to watch literally <laughs> anything else. But let's, That's just true me. or false, what do you think? I mean, he didn't really give too much of an opinion. He said he hadn't heard the greatest stuff about him. I just him. avoid it. I don't know. Yeah. No, let's just avoid it. Omitted. I mean, I haven't heard the greatest stuff about him either. Yeah, so we'll see true. how he bounces back this year from injury. 
Matt Ryan, I think this is the one that got the most headway. I mm-hmm. think Matt Ryan's overrated. True, true, hundred percent. I think he's true. Is, I think it's offensive true. coordinator that is not yes. the head coach of the. Yeah, Matt Ryan is a very good quarterback, very good. But people think he's great, and he's not great. Plain I think simple. he's straight. Even, That's all I'm gonna say. He's say very good. I think he's, he's a good, good quarterback. His statistics, if you look at it over the last decade, you know he's been a very good quarterback. If statistically, you, if, you take, if you take away his best year and his worst year, he's an all right quarterback. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's taking and away. That's with, well, that's how you. Sh- I mean, that's generally guess, how you would judge someone. You take away their best best year, I, and then the I, we can year. all agree. I think he and is that's overrated. Yes. One, even though his rookie year, he had a really good rookie year. Yeah. He led them. Honestly, uh, I can't remember. Well, I, that's how. That's why a lot of people judge statistically why Matt Ryan has had a good career. It's but I do agree. But also, he had. One of the best receivers for whatever reasons. For if that's you throwing the ball in the air and your receiver going and getting it for you, he's still put up the numbers, but he isn't very clutch when it comes down to it. Clearly, Colin Kaepernick, this was a good way to end the quarterback debate. He's way better than some of these second string quarterbacks out here, possibly better than some of these first string quarterbacks out here. He's definitely good enough to be in the league, but he won't be, sadly. True, true, very true. He's I mean, think about okay. I understand Harbaugh was an amazing coach, but he was a quarterback in the Super Bowl. He had a he was a dual threat quarterback, but he can still sling the ball. And was it Nathan Petterman for the Bills? That yeah, god awful yeah. performance that he. You cannot tell me that Colin Kaepernick would have at least thrown three less picks. You know, like that. <laughs> Come on, now. Kaepernick this. had a really good year statistically on the last yeah. day he played football, and it's clear one. that he's blackballed. When you see guys like Austin Davis or Cody Kessler, any of these guys who, yes, they're serviceable quarterbacks if they're your second or third-string quarterback, but so is Cap. And just yeah. like yeah. Ramsey's saying, he is mm-hmm. better than some first-string quarterbacks. He had a 4-1 to one touchdown. He had a 4-1 to one touchdown interception ratio. I, I know 16 touchdowns to four picks, so it's not a lot of touchdowns. That's still a great ratio and you're not even giving his legs in a consideration. So. Yeah, I remember last year, I remember, Christian, you were upset with the Dolphins signing Jay Cutler instead of oh, yeah. Colin Kaepernick. 100%. The Broncos yeah. actually, Elway said that they gave him the chance, uh, I think it was last year, and he didn't want to take the contract they offered him. I don't know if that was him just trying to help the case for yeah, him and the team, but regardless, he didn't. he's not on their team, he's not in the NFL, and he's probably blackballed forever. And it's sad because he does have a lot of talent, and he can—he has great legs. He can run the ball well. He's got a lot of fantasy value if we're talking fantasy, like we did in the beginning. And it's a he guy, was a fantasy monster that he, the last year he was in the NFL. Madden blanked out his name in the beginning yeah. song. That's just for a, that's a and great then they added song. They, they added ex- back their my, excuse my was bad. that they didn't think that they had his rights. Um, because I guess he's not in the game. Well, I mean, if you believe he it was out, in like the last man, I had him as my backup quarterback. That's absurd. <laughs> yeah, it's... he's not in this year's game. I don't think I haven't bought it, but you're going to get worked at it. Quarterback. So <laughs> we we all can, we all can agree, Colin Kaepernick. True, he should be in the league. We all can yes, agree on that. Absolutely. Let's move on to season predictions. We'll roll through these pretty quickly, and it's just some awards that we have lined up. Corbin, I'll let you start with these. Let's hear some predictions. All right. We have me. our. Uh, let's start with MVP. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, MVP, I got Aaron Rodgers. That's a unanimous decision in the room here, Aaron Rodgers. I think if there's going to be someone else to, if I'm going to have to say a surprise pick for MVP, who I'm going to be rooting for, uh, Derek Carr. I'm so high on this John Gruden offense this year, and I think people forget that Derek Carr was poised for an MVP season before he went down. He was in a similar Carson Wentz situation as last year, and people forget that. And yes, last year he was very banged up. This is the year that... I think Derek Carr emerges as one of the top quarterbacks in the league, 
and is going to have a hell of a year in regards to statistics. And we'll see how well Rodgers does. But we all agree he's the best quarterback in the league. Uh, I want to hear Offensive Player of the Year. We'll start with you, uh Christian, who's going to be your offensive player of the year? I think it's going to be Le'Veon Bell. I think he will slightly outshine uh, Todd Gurley. I, I have to disagree with Mr. Mr. Stark. I said earlier that, you know, that he's a little bit complacent. He's out in the strip club or whatnot. I think he has a chip on his shoulder. It yeah. seems like we kind of go through this trope every offseason where he's not getting paid and he gets franchise tagged. I think he's about his money, and I think this is the season where he goes and he gets him a check. I actually agree with you. Le'Veon Bell is my pick also. Who's your pick, Corbin? Before I get to my pick, I agree with you guys with Le'Veon Bell. I don't see how the Steelers franchise tag him for a third offseason in a row. So he's got to know, look, I just got to produce just like I have been this year, and then I'm going to get my money. So I think he's going to have a great year. I have Deshaun Watson being the offensive player of the year. He absolutely tore it up last year before he went down with his ACL injury. And he does have that added element that he can run the ball and make plays beyond his passing. And he has... He has Will Fuller, who's a great deep threat. DeAndre Hopkins, who is one of the best receivers in the league. We just kind of forget about him because he hasn't had good quarterback play the last few years. But, yeah, I think Deshaun Watson's going to cement his name as one of the best quarterbacks in football this year. Yeah, let's move on to Defensive Player of the Year. I'm going to start with me, Chandler Jones, a name I, I really like Chandler Jones. 17 sacks last year. He was actually third place, I believe, in the award. Five out of 50 votes for the Defensive Player of the Year award last year. I think he wins it this year. Arizona's defense is good. It's nothing to write home about like it was for, I think, a year or two. The Honey Badger's gone. A couple pieces are gone. I still like the the team. It's a new coaching staff, so expect to see a lot of changes and a lot of scheme adjustments, but don't see any adjustments with Chandler Jones. He is that one consistent part of that defensive line, which is underrated, and I think he's going to emerge for a similar season to what he had last year. I wouldn't be surprised if he even put up you know, 18, 19, 20 sacks, and that's a lot, but he put up 17 last year, and it's a guy that I saw a video of him. He completely broke the what's it called when you you know do the drills when you're running up against it he, he broke it completely completely knocked it off he took it up with him and like took it down like a pa- full pancake ripped it off you saw the bolts pop it was one of the most intimidating things that i watched within the last month i saw it it's like he's he's ready to play it reminds me of like when that one play with jimmy on clowny when we all saw it when he popped that dude he were like oh my oh my god like what just happened it was that same feeling to me, except obviously it was not a person. Mm-hmm. But it gave me that feeling, you know, going into this year, expect a breakout year from him on top of a huge breakout year that he had last year. No, he's a stud for sure. Stud. I have a similar, not the same person, but I think this person stays healthy all year. And he has, he's a good player before, but he's going to have a, a breakout in terms, of he's going to be the elite defensive player of the year, and that's Joey Bosa. He's going to get a lot of really good matchups having Melvin Ingram uh, as well pass rushing with him. And... Someone who played offensive line, when I watch him, I think he has so many tools that a lot of guys do not have. His bend and dip, his uh, speed to power moves, and then uh, clips that I saw him with uh, Tamba Ali from the Chiefs, when they were going over hand-fighting moves, I just think if he can get to his level of technique, it, there's nothing that's going to stop this I man. think it's injuries. Is the that's what I said. If he's, it, he, I think he's yeah, going to be healthy he this year. He's I amazing. think he's going to figure it out. This he's is going to be his year. 
agree. I agree with Christian. I got Joey Bosa. So last year, Aaron Donald, defensive end for the other LA team, won it this year. Bosa, I think Aaron Donald. I like that we all win defensive line again. Yeah, and Aaron Donald, he could easily end up winning it again. It's just we don't know when he's either going to get I, his I extension. I don't think or so because of how many additions they made to that defense. It's such a powerhouse defense as a whole. It's not going to take away from his value, but I don't think he's going to be as big of a spotlight because of how great the defense is going to be as a whole and it's going to take away from voters wanting to give him that back to back couldn't you also argue though i think if he comes back and he's in shape he could have a better year than last year he's got uh, against sue that's going to be a lot a lot of holes are going to open up for him too yeah, and it's, it's no that's why i'm saying the and, offense and the, the defense the whole is going to be insane just think, just think of how many extra coverage sacks he's going to have the opportunity to get yeah, too with that secondary there's so a what if the Dominican series takes some stats away yeah, from him when no, you have a star-studded defense it does take away from your likability you of getting voted stats out not even that, you know no, how, how voting goes. Ridiculous stats. Oh, he will. That might be one of the better defense. Maybe uh, you know, looking back in our generation, how long we've been alive, this might be one of the best defenses of being a twenty-three-year-old. Yeah. If it if it all comes together, we've seen yeah. other true that, I'm, other, I'm praying, other dream I'm team. I want a parade yeah. in L.A. Lakers. Yeah. Somebody give it to me. <laughs> yes. Chargers, even I don't care. All right, let's move on to Coach of the Year. Perry, I'll let you start with this one. I got John Gruden for the Raiders. Uh, it's not who's the most successful coach of the year. Sean McVay won last year. He inherited a team that, I believe it was, was it four wins, five wins for the Rams the year for, before Sean McVay got there? Four wins, yeah, five Fisher wins. Yeah, Fisher had that, that team in he, shambles. He inherited them, and look at the year that they had last year. I think it's going to be a very similar situation with John Gruden inheriting a 6-10 and 10 injury-prone Raiders team from last year that's going to turn a lot of things around this year. Expect to see them flip that around, be 10-6, and six, Maybe even eleven and five. Derek Carr is going to have an amazing year. If he's not threatening for Rodgers for MVP, he's going to be probably top three in the voting. That's just my opinion. He, that's one of those offenses that I can't wait to watch. Marshawn Lynch. He is an old school back. He can't catch the ball very much, but he's a guy that's going to thrive with John Gruden and uh, Chris Warren. I believe his name is. He's a running back that's been a pinball this preseason, playing very well for the Raiders. So he's going to be competing for that backup spot with um, you know Doug Martin and Washington. So they actually have some depth there at the position. Amari Cooper's going to break out. So yeah, John Gruden, I think he sidelined a lot from coaching, mm-hmm. and he still has it. He's going to come back. I think all his years in the film room with those quarterbacks and being such a big name on ESPN, it's not like he sat at home and was just eating cheese puffs the whole time. Mm-hmm. He stayed active. He's even probably been more engaged in different parts than he was before, yeah. and he's more with the current times yeah he's a little bit older but he's been on espn with advanced analytics and everything that you can be dealing with i think he's with the modern times and he's going to bring his old school attitude john gruden the raiders are in good hands what do you feel corbin i have bill o'brien i think with as long as deshaun watson stays healthy this all rides on him but if deshaun watson's healthy i think the texans and i mean to a lesser degree jj watt which is not quite as dependable Mm -hmm. but if they get lucky and they both stay healthy then i think for sure the texans end up making the playoffs and they have a lot of talent on that team. And I think Bill O'Brien, he's going to do a great job with that defense, especially Jadavion Clowney and J.J. Watt, as long as they both stay healthy. That pass rush is one of the best pass rush duos in the NFL. And you combine that with what they can do offensively. I think they make the playoffs, and I think Bill O'Brien is going to be coach of the year, although there will be some other coaches like John Gruden who will be in that discussion. Yeah. What do you think, Christian? This is going to come completely out of left field, and I don't know if I'm 
wrapped up in the romanticism of Hard Knocks, but oh my eight God. and eight, Hugh Jackson wins Coach of the Year. <laughs> Browns slip in on some weird technicality. Not technicality. The Browns slip in. They make the playoffs, and you give wow. it to Hugh Jackson. The playoffs. playoffs. Hold on, hold on. You, you heard me last. Eight, and eight makes the playoffs. You heard me last podcast. I said I'm more leaning towards nine and seven wow. than six and ten. The more that I watch this team come together, and as I said, I'm watching a TV show. Maybe I'm just because <laughs> the point of the TV show is to make you like the Browns. Yes. But honest to God, the more that I and we saw this when they made the trades, when they made the signings, I could really see this team being special with Tyrod Taylor or with Baker Mayfield. I swear to God, watching Baker's swagger, watching him in the first preseason game, and in the second preseason game, he had no touchdowns. But if you watch, there was two of them that were called back. Yeah. So Baker is. And I don't mean on a tangent, all of the rookie quarterbacks outside of Lamar Jackson have impressed me so much this preseason, especially Baker Mayfield. All of, all of them put up really good stats. They've all been around anywhere from 55 to where Darnold's at, about 70% completion percentage. They've each thrown for about at least one or two touchdowns mm-hmm. each, and neither of them has more than one interception. And a few of them actually have shown some prom- promise with the legs, to be, too. Exactly. And I think if, if the Browns... If the Browns make it, you automatically give it to Hugh Jackson. They go from winning no games yes. to a playoff team. That, to me, automatically, you have to give it to him. I no, like where you're I at. I agree with that. I have the Browns going 6-10, and 10, and I think that Baker Mayfield, once the Browns are out of contention for the playoffs, he'll get mm-hmm. the starting nod. Say the Browns go 8-8, eight and eight, like you said, Christian, and even 9-7, and seven, like you're predicting, Perry. I didn't say, I didn't, I said or, more like Okay, if, if, seven, if they go 8-8 eight and, eight and, eight and, eight and 8 or even 9-7, if they don't make the playoffs, does Hugh Jackson still win Coach of the Year? I think he's going to be in the debate just... Just like I said with John Gruden, it's what you do with the team. That's really what really wins you the award. If you're Mike Zimmer, who, of course, I want to put up for this award. He's an amazing coach. But look at the year he's coming off from last year. Yeah. He's going to repeat it again. It's almost expected. Sean McVay, he's not going to win it back-to-back because it's expected this year. It's not going to show anything different than what he did last year. So I like where your head's at with mm-hmm. the Browns. And a team that is going to show a lot of change like the Raiders too coming off a bad year it could even be a they're team, coming off the worst it could even be a team like the Broncos if the Broncos <laughs> show you know a, another 11 win season another 12 win season bouncing off how many wins did they have last year five or six for the Broncos it was pretty low five, 11. yeah it was that could be an option too. look for the teams that are coming off a down mm-hmm. year but have a lot of talent maybe were injury prone last year and are going to be slipping into that wild card contention or to win that division Offensive Rookie of the Year. I have Saquon Barkley. Do you guys agree? 100%. Yeah, let's not talk too much about it. Saquon Barkley. Defensive defensive Rookie of the Year. Bradley Chubb for me. I think he's going to have a similar effect as Joey Bosa did. Uh, Both of your guys' picks for defensive player. I think Minka Fitzpatrick. I I, I think Chubb's going to be amazing. Just not this year is where we're going to see his effect. I think we're going to see it year two, three, four. I can actually see Derwin James with the Chargers also possibly. Yeah, I think Derwin James is a big name we really liked. And on that defense, expect the Chargers to be a high-scoring fantasy defense. Yes. That's a team. pick that I might make. Defense, I don't mind tipping that to you guys. It doesn't matter if I get that or not. But the team looks great even with injury to uh, Verrett which is very sad for the year. The team is still deep, and I really like them. I like I like your guys' predictions for the awards. It seems pretty straight on. Uh, Aaron Rodgers being back is just good for the league. I like that we all can agree that he was the number one it's quarterback. Do, do we all have him for comeback player of the year? Uh, I actually don't. I have Amari Cooper because I think he's going to have an absolute amazing year, and if it's not going to be him, it's going to be Derek Carr. One of the two. Someone from the Raiders' offense this year, I 
you know, I hope Derek Carr is going to put up an MVP season. I really think it's going to be Rodgers, and then they're going to give Derek Carr that award. Yeah, I, I could see Derek Carr being comeback more than MVP. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, who do you have for your comeback, Corbin? I have Aaron Rodgers. Well, I have Odell Beckham Jr. That's another uh, that's, I, that's a guy. Yeah. And I think the added motivation of him not getting paid and him getting the type of injury. Because that injury, it doesn't necessarily affect your play. It's just gruesome. He broke his leg, and the way that he broke it was pretty nasty. Yeah. He has something to prove, and he's going to prove it next year. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Let's make... One last stop here on NFL Unwrap, Super Bowl prediction. You can just say who you think is going to win it. You can give your exact matchup. I'm going to give you my exact matchup and the score even. I got Rams versus Jaguars this year. I think the Rams are going to win a championship for LA, 34-21. to 21. I'm totally taking a flyer there, but I love making early, early predictions. I think LA wins a championship this year wins that Super Bowl. I agree with you 50% on the Rams. <laughs> I think the Steelers will edge out the Jaguars this wow. year. And this is, let me tell you why. Like you said, that uh, some quarterbacks, you know, they have a good rookie year, take some time to, you know, get uh, pe- defenses get adjusted to them. So their sophomore season, it's not as good. I think with the personnel the Steelers have, they're not going to get ran by the Jaguars like they did last season. I think they're going to find the chink in their armor this year. And that's going to help the better coach, the better team move past a team that is just, the, the Jaguars are good, but they're not comprised like the Steelers it's are. It's Blake Bortles is the only piece that's there that's going to keep them from being the elite of the elite because they don't have a guy with this, you know, the potential of a Jared Goff or an offensive mastermind like McVay, who I feel like can just take any quarterback, put him in his offense and figure it out. You saw what he did with Goff coming off an atrocious freshman year. I really like McVay. I like the Jags, but I think the Rams are definitely going to put it away. There's no better team on either side of the ball. What's your score prediction for that? I didn't do a score prediction, but let's do 27-21 Rams, or 28-21. Okay. Okay. So I 50% agree with you, Christian, in that I have the Steelers in the Super Bowl. I have them playing the Saints, and I have the Saints beating the Steelers, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, in the NFC, the AFC, there's three, I could really even say two true contenders for the AFC crown, just because... The Jaguars, as great as they are, Blake Bortles being the quarterback, I just I have no faith in predicting them to win the AFC when they have, if not the worst quarterback in the league, then easily one of the worst quarterbacks in but the no league. But no one expect them to do what they did last year, and they had- and I think so much stuff had to come together. Calais Campbell had a resurgence of a season yeah. last year. Who knows if he's going to do that again? If yeah. he is even 80% of what he they was They got Taven Bryant uh, from yeah. Florida. That's and I do guy, like him. That's a guy they wanted to breed under Campbell moving forward. But I don't want to put all my it was, stock it was in also a rookie surprise, defensive line. It was a surprise either. that they even added another defensive line. With how stacked that team is. You thought they would take an uh, earlier receiver. They ended up with DJ Chark, who's a guy a lot of people are high on from LSU. Big body, big speed. But I do like the Jags, but I think we all can agree the Rams are in a better position. Do you have... Well, the receivable. Ram. No, I said I said the Saints. So it was the it's, Saints and the Steelers. Do you have a score? Yeah, I, I didn't think of a score either. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go Saints thirty-four, Steelers twenty-eight. Okay, the fact you both have the Steelers in there—that's it's interesting. I yeah, and that's them. I like them a lot. I just don't know to how me, I feel about their defense. That's the only reason the no, offense. I'll, I feel one hundred. I'll put it this way: with. I top to bottom think the Jaguars are a better team than the Steelers. Yeah, I just think with their personnel, they'll be able to outgun them, kind of thing. And, and in that time of the season, if I like. You, the if Steelers you have more, Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, and 
you know, Brown, the Killer Bees, and all Juju three of them. And But if you have the three of them all healthy playing together mm-hmm. on a week-to-week basis, one of them is going to go off. Yeah. One of them is going to go off and help rather your fantasy team win a championship or, like you guys mm-hmm. are saying, take the Steelers to a championship. And put some respect on one of the Pouncey twins because he starts at center and he's an all-pro year in and year out. I don't know the name. I didn't want to take a shot Marquise at Pouncey. it because they're twins I can't tell. Right. Yeah, but the Rams, I think... They have the most talent in this league. It's yeah. just we've seen so many times the four teams add so much talent in one me. off season. It is, but if it all comes together, it's yeah, gonna be one of the super most exciting. They could easily end up winning the Super Bowl as long as this all comes together. It's just what history can we look back on and say, hey, it happened before. Yeah, none, no other team was this talented. Though, but look so. what the NBA yeah. has done, adding the super teams now. Maybe it's a lot. That, that's five it's people. No, I agree. 22. I'm just saying that you know to see the. Real that they had the yield that they brought in all at once, the dramatic turnaround. Mm-hmm. That's not something that you did back in the day. The Browns this offseason as well to see them go from zero to hero. Yeah, it's that's something where it wasn't you, a facelift; it was a transfer. You just load everything <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us on NFL Unwrapped. I had an amazing time today. This is a and great one. Thank you to Adam Stark who you know left us halfway through the podcast, did an amazing job with us on the, our part fantasy segment. I hope all of you guys are having a good time drafting or setting up for your drafts coming forward in the next week or two for your fantasy. If you have any questions, go follow him on Everyday Fantasy Football. You can ask us whatever questions that you have. We're going to be sharing some strategies, some advice, You know, some of our up-to-date draft things going on when we get a little closer towards ours. Do you guys have any other words to say today for our listeners? I just had so much fun today on this episode. I say just keep keep being engaged with us. Like we added two of our fans to our own personal fantasy league. So we really are trying yeah. to be engaged with you guys. Like uh, Mr. Stark is a fan. I call him Mr. Stark. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he, he's a fan of ours. So, you know, get engaged with us. We like to talk back to you guys. And we just love you guys. Thank you for – this is fun for us. We, we want to do this professionally, but we also – just enjoy doing it. Yeah. I know I do. And yeah, I mean, we started this out just as a hobby. We've started to grow some more. If this turns into something where we could do this just as our profession, we'd all obviously love to. <laughs> right. But we're doing this because we just love we talking love about it. football. We're, we're like right. the Vince Carter of the league. We're not chasing any rings here. <laughs> yeah. We just do it because we just love yeah. doing it. And not to get deep, you know, adults trying to find ways to hang out, it's harder. It's harder the older <laughs> we get. So hey, this sports, is a good sports brings everyone together. But keep uh, checking us out on Twitter at NFL and Rap, where we do bring everyone together. Check us out there where we bring all the sources together. We're your one-stop shop. We'll give you everything that you need to know at all times of the day, all times of the night. One of us is up tweeting on that. With the season coming forward, make sure to turn our alerts on. We're going to be tweeting all types of things that are happening. Of course, the injuries have been super sad to report on, but we're hoping for more exciting news to report on moving forward with the season popping up in just two weeks. Please follow us on NFL and Rap. You can follow me, Perry Aston. You can follow Corbin at Corbin MRPK, and you can follow Christian at McGowan75. Again, go follow Adam Stark at Everyday Fantasy Football for any of your fantasy needs. You can listen to us on SoundCloud or the Apple Podcast app where you can leave us a review and a rating on our podcast. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you guys next time.